Welcome to Loreforged. My name is Sonny. I will be your host for this evening. I am just a reincarnation of JB with more hair. <laughs> JB is unfortunately not with us tonight, but I'm joined by my good friend, Cash. Cash, how are you? Uh, Cash is doing good. This one, this one was, um, it was a little weird because uh, Jibs normally handles the the man behind the curtain stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I really, I didn't talk to him a whole lot today. I didn't talk to you a whole lot today because I was busy doing stuff, which I'll, I'll kind of get into here in a few minutes. But I don't know what, maybe an hour and a half ago, Jibs got home from work. I think today was the first day of, of his new job. And he got home from work and sent us a text message pretty much saying like, hey, I'm not feeling well. He's got a migraine, got some stuff going on. So um, he pretty much just like lobbed a grenade into our laps (laughs) and then closed the door. I I feel I I feel bad. The dude's sick. I really do. And and I hope it's not related to his workplace. Uh, I hope that he had a good day at work. I honestly like barely talk to him um but this is this is how podcasting works and when the three of us have worked together as long as we have when something like this happens you just kind of roll with it um everyone is entitled to be sick and god knows that jb has uh suffered through many a podcast in a less than optimal condition for us and so he deserves to be able to take a night off and we will uh we will figure it out Other than that, it is legit possible that stuff does not work tonight because uh, JB is truly the glue amongst us. We are, uh, I like to think of myself mostly as eye candy. Um, You're probably, you know, the brains or something like that. Uh, And, you know, we're we're, we're just doing our best. That's kind of what we're down to here. Yep, yep. We're we're a couple of show ponies, and Jibs is pretty much he's pretty much the brains of the entire operation. You know, the funny thing is, is that as soon as as soon as that text message came in, I was in the midst of like trying to finish the latest Varen Chef episode. You so were wearing an apron. I was wearing an apron. I had I, I had dough all over my hands, and I see this text come in, and I was just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> Asking my daughter, like, "Hey, can you check this message? What does it say?" Because I had stuff all over. I had cam. I had a camera rolling. You know, I'm not talking like I was editing the show. I was literally filming the show oh my God. in the kitchen. So. That's when I washed my hands and mess. I was like, no problem, Jibs. Um, and then I messaged you like, hey, dude, can you take the reins? Because I can't stop in the middle of this thing right now. So I appreciate you. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it together yeah. uh, with the yeah. help of the uh, the excellent people in chat tonight. And we have a very, very special show tonight. Uh, show for you tonight. Tonight's episode was 100% built by our patrons. So I don't know if you know this. We say it quite literally every show, but we do have a Patreon um, and we have some subscribers to our Patreon. And so we've been trying to figure out ways to include our patrons a little bit more. And so this week we decided, you know what? We're just going to mail it in and we're going to have the patrons pick the topics and then we're going to go from that. And so we threw it out there and we picked a few that we really liked And uh, that's what we're going to go with. So um, tonight we're going to be talking about community and the MMO, uh, the in-game, not the, but possibly an in-game justice system where you are the judge, jury, and executioner, which is really something. 
And then Ashes of Creation's first expansion content. So there's some there's some wild stuff in this. Uh, the the patrons did not disappoint. No, they did not. And um, it's funny because in prep for the show, because today's like been a thousand percent Ashes of Creation content creation day for me. <laughs> I only had the opportunity to go through a couple of these. Um, so at least one of these, and I'm not going to say which one, is going to be completely off the cuff. So I'm going to have to think on my feet um, to come up with something really cool for this. Because normally we have time to prep and, you know, we think a little bit about these questions and stuff. But, man, I was just to the wire with work and everything this week. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to just shooting, shooting from the hip. Yes. On this particular one. I think that's going to be the name of the game here. Uh, JB does uh, tend to keep us rolling in line, and there's not going to be a lot of people behind uh, pulling the reins back. So who knows what's going to happen here? But we miss you. Uh, we miss you, friend. And uh, we look forward to you being back uh, next week and, and back hanging out and playing games with us as soon as possible. I am drinking tonight not alcohol because I am what you call task saturated with things going on and I thought if I have a single drop of alcohol it is legit possible that I'm just talking to a camera and not realizing that we're not actually streaming so well this is like a creamsicle <laughs> it's like the, the the stuff that you like a Mio I don't know if you know what that is I don't know if that's like a Midwest yeah. thing but like I'm yeah, drinking an orange creamsicle I've been doing this for a couple days now and I feel like an eight-year-old that actually sounds very whimsical. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you that you're drinking a creamsicle. I, I am actually drinking an old fashioned. Oh. Um, in the same style that I did last week. With the big I ice cube? With the big ice cube? Yeah, with the big, it's already melted down, but um, I only went half as much this time because last week, by the end of the show, mm -hmm. I had some word slur, mm. and I don't like to do that, so I only poured half of an old-fashioned today. But yeah, the big ice cube that I had is actually lemon juice. My wife made, like, ice cubes out of lemon juice, and they're awesome. So I've been putting those in my... Was the last orange, one made out juice. of lemon juice? Orange juice. The last yeah, one was, was orange juice. juice. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's like fresh-squeezed orange juice in a cube. Oh, this one's also orange juice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I said lemon because like I was squeezing lemons today for our, for our rest for our recipe. Okay. So. Before we go on, do tell when is the next recipe going to be coming out, and can you give us any teasers about it? Um, yes and yes. So the next one, I will probably have it done by week's end, and I just depends on our schedule and stuff, getting stuff out. But um, yeah, I, I'm completely open to just launching it once it's done and a hint on what we did let's just say it's very tasty <laughs> it's, it's very tasty it's very tasty <laughs> i love it <laughs> i'll tell you what like um whenever when i do these recipes for the Varen chef i absolutely sample and taste and like the ones that you see I know there's only been two but typically like when I do recipes the one that you see me present like at the end of the video that's the one that I'm trying to speed up the end of the video for because I'm going to go in the kitchen and crush that actual plate <laughs> and I stuck to my plan today and I did that the problem is is I'm not used to as much sugar as <laughs> As is in this recipe. Oh. So 
and I crushed. I crushed the entire plate that you are going to see. It was fantastic. Now I just want to take a nap. Yeah, that that so happens that. to ten year olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when your insulin spikes and you just want to go night night, and that's that's what's happening right now. But it's okay. I'm fueled by alcohol, so I should be fine. There you go. Yeah, what's the word? You you got to take your uppers with your downers. Uh, Cash, that's do you right. want to bring us in with the uh, next development update? Yeah, so there is an, a, a new development update that's coming up. This is coming straight from the official Ashes of Creation uh, X feed. And that live stream is going to be taking place on Thursday, February 29th at 2 p.m. EST, which is 11 a.m. here on the left coast. And Ashes of Creation Intrepid is going to be talking about Alpha 2 commissions preview. And I actually kind of forgot what that f this was i had to, I had to look, it, look up. it up i had to look it up dude yeah so i was like commissions like what are they i was like art what are they doing but no no no, no. commissions are the um system generated quests with singular objectives that help to build your node that is what these commissions are they're they're very similar to the mayoral commissions but these are actually generated by the system by the in-game mechanics so um I'm looking forward to it. I thought they were talking yeah. about mayoral commissions. I guess I totally forgot. There's a whole nother commission system that are generated like systematically by the node itself. Right. So that's, right. I mean, exactly. that makes much more sense to me now because I'm like, well, why are we doing mayoral commissions? I feel like we already did commissions like that. And this makes much more sense now. Okay. It does. And I don't think yeah. we were alone. Like several people in chat had to also look up commissions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? There's so many damn systems in this game, you guys, that it, it was one of those things where I was completely lost looking at it right off the bat. And I had to end up like looking it up again. And, you know, who who's to say that they're not going to discuss mayoral commissions again as well? They certainly could. Yeah, they didn't really explain so. what they were going to talk about. They just said commissions, right? And so I'm like, commissions? Why do I know this? And I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the thing where the mayor wants to build a project. They want to build a blacksmith house. And then they get the people to to run the stuff in. And, you know, the mayor has to pay for it. But I totally forgot that there's a whole nother system of commissions that are just like spontaneous almost with the node. And Galwood in, in chat, which we have several, several wiki experts in the chat yes wizzy's one of them rogues one and definitely galwood is one galwood helps us out on a lot of stuff um and galwood was saying that this stream is specifically non-mayoral commissions because we only have about 20 words from steven on it and that's about it so and it makes a lot of sense to me <laughs> you know <laughs> is there gonna be a point where people figure out that we really, you know, are the least expert people in our entire community <laughs> about this game. If they haven't already, then they will They will soon. And I think the thing with us is that we said right off the bat, we are going to learn this game with you. So there's going to be some things that we know. There's going to be some other stuff that we that we don't know. So just be patient with us as we learn the game, too. All right, so I'm going to bring us into the next segment here, and this is the patron discussion topics. So like I said, we put this out to our uh, to our patrons. We don't do... <laughs> Someone's going to have to remind me if we have a good name for the patrons yet. We, uh, we've had some terrible, some 
terrible names for the patrons. One terrible name for the patrons that we had for a while was Hooters. That I threw a red flag on. We're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> you got your red flag there? Go ahead and fly that thing because I was not doing that one. Um, we had... Uh, <laughs> We had owls, which is kind of boring and lame. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not real sure uh, where we landed on that. I think we might have to put that out for a poll. Did we have an answer for this? Oh, no. We're definitive on it. We have. Let me think here. I got to find it. Oh, my God. How, how could I not know this? Are you just saying that there about... is an answer to this question? Okay. What exactly was the question? Because I had to step the, away for the just question a is, what are we calling our patrons in the oh, happy hour chat? The patrons or the owl? Oh, no, 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 no. No, you're right. Okay. Well, we can talk about that just real briefly here. So we have we have not one, but two owls now, right? So we have our Loreforge logo, which is the main owl. But then we have a secret second owl that not many people have seen yet. And that owl also has a name. That owl does have a name, but I, I would like to think that both of those owls are kind of one and the same. Oh, okay. So we, this is the official name for all, like the lore-forged owl as a whole? Yeah, I, I think we were we were discussing some possible names, and then one came up, mm -hmm. and Jibs said he's pulling weight, saying, I like that one, that's when we're going Okay. I don't know if we want to announce it now. I don't Ooh. see the harm in it. I think we're going to. I think. Are you ready to do it? Yep. I'm green. I'm I'm green lighting this one. <laughs> that is teal. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's a green flag. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So from now on, the owl of Loreforged. Uh, no matter which owl it is, it is all one owl. Uh, the official owl of Loreforged will be named. Alfred. Alfred the Lore Forged Owl. Alfred. That's uh, right. It's so good. It's so <laughs> good. Alfred. It really is. Typing it in chat so people can see proper spelling. Yeah. But oh, our, no, they were already owl. ahead of you. Like three people typed Alfred with the O. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred is uh, Alfred is the official name for our owl. So when you see a Loreforged owl, you can assume it is Alfred in various forms. He doesn't always look the same, but he is uh, he is an owl of many talents. So, yeah. In that, so for our patrons, um, not Hooters, uh, the patrons came up with a couple topics, and so here is the very first one, and this came from one of our uh, longest-standing patrons, one of our uh, long-standing friends, and a, and a pillar of the community as far as positivity goes, and that is Wataru. Uh, so Wataru said pirating. <laughs> she just said pirating. She wants us to talk about pirating. So there's a couple topic points here, and this is unfortunate that JB is not here because this is his wheelhouse, right? Um, but the two, the two things that we were thinking about when it comes to pirating is what do you hope to see with pirating in Ashes of Creation? And then the second one is what ideas from pop culture would you like to see added in relation to pirating? So I'm going to let you go first on this. Okay. Um, you know, I think a lot of the stuff with, with pirating and naval combat is already quite Piratey, if you if you'll ask me, I do have some specific things that I, I think would be really, really cool to have. But for the most part, 
like there's no corruption system. The 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 open sea is a it's an open PvP battleground. So it already is bringing that air of danger into it. Um, you know, one of the things too, like like about pirates in actual history, like a lot of it stemmed from necessity and just bad captaining. Like a lot of people just pulled mutiny over uh, over their captains on these on these boats, on these transport, these these merchant ships just because the captaining was so, so bad and automatically, you know, if something like that happens at sea, then, you know, it becomes, um, it becomes mutiny and then mutiny turns into piracy. So I don't see that particular type of system happening, but when I think specifically about how I would like some type of a mercenary shipboard people to be pirates, right? My thought would be having some type of an actual skill tree or profession that you could work in that is mercenary based, based off of the things that you could get away with. One of those things could be smuggling. You know, we talk about these land caravans. We talk about using a a raft to uh, get across navigable water, but what happens when you're actually transporting goods on a pirate ship? Is that even possible? So, some ki- some type of a system to where you could say smuggle hot goods, and if you say get caught, or maybe there's an NPC system where NPCs in a port could see that you have stolen goods. Um, and maybe the NPCs won't be willing to help or speak to you if you're, if you're piratey. I think that would be really, really cool. I think it'd be cool to have something like, um, you know, ship upgrades. Maybe you get ship upgrades that are only available to people who are a mercenary type pirate in the open seas. I mean, I think there's so many things that could be interwoven within the naval combat system that it's it's an open canvas what are some of your thoughts i like the uh i like the smuggling idea i think that that's important for this because i mean what are pirates if not smugglers i mean they are at their core exactly that so i think that that's extremely important the one of the things that i've learned about pirates recently i've been listening to um a pirate podcast and i'm trying to think of what the name of this podcast is, but it's it's so good that I want to make sure that I actually uh, give it credit. So, is it the Pirate History Podcast? It is not. It okay. is because uh, that's a good one. It's done by Spotify, so I'm gonna have it here in a second. It's called Real Pirates, and it's a Spotify original. Um, okay, and and it's narrated and it's fantastic, and you know. I assume most of it's true and they make a lot of references. And so sometimes with this stuff, you know, you're even the stuff that is original sources might not even be true because they kind of lied a lot about things back then. And that was just accepted, especially when you're talking about pirates, right? It's, it's like a comic book. So if you're reading a comic book, you know, 300 years later and you're trying to glean how much truth there was out of it, it can be sometimes difficult. But one of the things that I've learned is that, Almost every great pirate started out in functionally a canoe (laughs) and they eventually had to pirate their way 
into pirate ships, into better and better ships. And they didn't go to, you know, full on galleons. There was maybe one pirate in history that really had something that big. They all had very aggressive, fast ships that they were able to come in, hit targets of opportunity and get out of there. But the, the more important thing is that they traded up in ships and then modified those ships all the time. That was part of how you became a good pirate was you were able to eventually take out enough merchants and find good ships that you just became more successful. So the ability for you to move up in the ranks via capturing somebody else's ship, I think would be a a very important thing uh, for the whole pirate game for me. Uh, That to me really is pirates. Absolutely is pirates to be able to capture somebody else's ship. But that I'm not even sure if that's going to be part of part of what Ashes of Creation's naval combat system has. I haven't heard that you'd be able to capture another person's ship. No, um, I have not either. Aside from from looting it, um, I think that would honest. I honestly think like we think caravans is going to be a big thing. Imagine if you could take somebody else's ship. Oof. There would be nothing but a bunch of pirate ninjas in every cove waiting for a ship to go by that was better than theirs. And then that ship would be that other person's. It would be the Sea of Thieves where people would be on voice just begging for somebody to not steal their ship. Oh, um, man. If, if that was a thing, which and, and I don't I don't believe that is a thing in Ashes. Um, for a good reason. Um, but I do, I would, I really would like to see like some good pirate history kind of in there. Um, and the funny thing is, and I think this kind of, it kind of goes a little bit into another thing that I think we wanted to cover is, you know, what, what parts of like pop culture when it comes to pirates would be really cool to see. And it's funny because pop culture in regards to pirates is so different from the way pirates actually were. And like, I'm sure with you um, listening to that, to that podcast, you're, you're kind of starting to see that a little bit. And there was, um, there was a time we were hitting Sea of Thieves pretty darn hard. And there was a book that I, I listened to, I listened to an audio book on Audible and I loved it. It was called Black Flags and Blue Waters, which is basically the history of pirates in in the Caribbean and Indian Ocean and such. And uh, one of the big things that was pointed out by the author was that the flamboyant uh, Jack Sparrow type of pirates is not really indicative of what pirates actually were and looked like. I mean, some of them were relatively flamboyant when, in the things that they wore, but there was really, I think it was Blackbeard. Wasn't Blackbeard the one that would... He was the one that was wearing like the most outlandish stuff. Yes, there there were a couple that I think spawned the belief that they all did it. Right, there was a couple big names. Blackbeard was definitely one of them that uh, that you know had that kind of look and the sort of like fancy pants outfit while at the same time you know running around with people that are <laughs> just living hand to mouth on their ship you know covered in blood and he's wearing you know, this gigantic feathered hat or something like that um but yeah you're right like it, it was not the norm um but because those few it was so a big an image that it just became this thing that that's what pirates did 
Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, Koala in chat says also pirates versus privateers are not really commonly understood from what he's seen. And, and that that is very true. Now, um, unless I am wrong, privateers, I believe, were actually commissioned. Correct. They were commissioned to be able to take out um, ships. Now, and this and, was I'm going to interrupt you because this was my pop culture thing. So y- yeah. you've run headlong into it. The privateers yeah, thing is what I want to see out of pop culture, because for all the pirates that were out there, there were privateers. And and this whole thing came and I can't remember, like, I'm going to screw this up because I heard it like a, a hundred podcasts ago. But functionally, what happened was there was a <laughs> there was a war and they uh, the the Spanish trained these people how to be pirates. And then when the war was done, none of these people had anything to do and they were starving, except they had all of this fantastic training on how to be pirates. They just were privateers before that. They were commissioned by the king to go pirate the other side. They were sent to like, you go be pirates, just don't pirate us. And that's fine. You can be pirates. And then when it, when the war ends, it's like, okay, you can't be pirates anymore. Like, well, what are we going to do? Right. Well, that's not really our problem. (laughs) So then the people are like pirates. It is. (laughs) So then they just went out and became pirates again. And so that's, uh, that's like how pirates kind of came to be in that golden age of pirates. And, and Rogue says it right, like Sonny the Mayor commissioning privateers. Can you imagine <laughs> that? Yes. yes, I absolutely can. I mean, it would be the best. That would be the absolute <laughs> best is to be able, as a mayor of a coastal city, to put out mayoral commissions to create privateers and say, don't pirate us, but you can go be pirates. And, we, and you can come back to town and we won't even look for you with a bounty because you're commissioned. Oh yeah, my goodness! And we just when we just happen to have a black market here for you to trade your goods. Exactly, which oh. I think would be fantastic. So that's that's my pop culture answer. I, is I want to I want to see privateers. So Wizzy says I call myself Dread Pirate. Then my guild make my guild makes me a privateer because we're mercenaries. Feels dirty. Mm. Yes, it does because it is, and it's fantastic. I love it. I love the absolute thought of it. I love the seedy underground either super heavy or just slight little sprinkles of RP that you can put in there just to make your gameplay that much more fun. You've heard me talk about it before. This is nothing new, people. I'm into this. It's super fun stuff. Add some flavor to your character. And yes, pirate is the perfect avenue to do so. So let's drop some real world pop culture what does cash want to see well i didn't have anything as awesome as privateer but the first thing that comes to mind to me when you think of pop culture and pirates is of course pirates of the caribbean games like when you're looking at games games like um sea of thebes not like that new one that's out that is basically call of duty on ships not that one <laughs> so you Gatling you, guns. You, they got you. Gatling guns of cannonballs. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. So um when I think of pop culture, I like the things that I would think could be really cool, and I think they kinda are already, at least one of them is battling sea monsters. That's one of them. Everybody wants the to Kraken. stand on the hull of their ship and just scream, release the Kraken. 
It's true. Hell we yes. Do. We do. That would be fantastic. Um, the other thing is questing for treasure. Maybe there's a drop. Maybe there's a drop that's a treasure map. And you can only get it if you're a mariner. You can only get it if you are some type of a pirate slash mercenary. Something triggers it. And then you get a map. Some type of a map. Or at least just make it text clues that you have to follow. And yeah, you end up on some secluded island somewhere. And there's a, there's some kind of treasure that you can get. I think that would be super, super cool. And it's totally pop culture Yeah. Um, I absolutely agree. I think you can't you can't even pretend like you're going to have pirate stuff if you can't be searching for treasure. And and Galwood says there's treasure maps. And and we know that there's going to be stuff like that. Uh, it just depends on at what scale you do it. Because you can really take that a long way. Sea of Thieves is elaborate when it comes to finding treasure. Some of those quests that you go on will take you an hour and you're digging up things on islands just to find other stuff and then, you know, you're going all over the map while at the same time trying to avoid being murdered by 10-year-olds and stuff like that. And it gives me heart palpitations, but my son really enjoys it. Uh, yeah. I Yeah, uh, I think that, you know, it's not quite piratey, but I'd really like just a hair of realism with the sailing. Just a hair, you know? Uh, like, yep. I just okay. want a feeling that if I'm going straight up wind that I can't do that, right? I don't want to right. sail straight up wind at the same speed that I'm going off of like a broad reach downwind or something like that. Just a just a little bit of sailing knowledge would be good enough for me. I'm not saying that you need to make like subtle trims to the, you know, the downhaul and the Cunningham or something like that. I'm just saying that you have to have some basic sailing knowledge in place to not try to sail straight up wind. And that would be even more fun for the pirating too, because then you could have legitimately good sailors that are able to be even more fearsome on the seas because they will catch you as they're better sailors. Yes. And that, that makes a lot of sense coming from you. Who you, you, you're a sailor. You've sailed quite a bit in your life. And I think, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And also it's, I've been a crew member on your sea of thieves ships and it has, it's been a lot of fun. You're, he's, I'm telling you right now, he's very <laughs> specific with the things that he calls out and the things he wants called back and the actions that he wants taken care of when he calls those things out. <laughs> it's the captain of the ship, man. Somebody's got to, yep. somebody's got to skipper this thing. Otherwise you're walking a plank. <laughs> That's right. What else we got? What else we got? Okay, so, um, and, and I love that. Thank you. Thanks, Wataro, for that. Um, those were actually really good ones, and they brought up some really good discussion. Um, okay, so the next one, we have a couple of them from Axeman. Axeman's been pretty active in our community, and uh, we want to thank him for that. So here's the first one. How important is it that an MMO be engaged with the community? Does it make or break a game? And I took this one uh, for when he says an MMO, I took this one for meaning like a development team. Is that how you took it, Sonny? Yes. Like a okay. game company. Okay. Yeah. So how important is it that, a, that an MMO game company be engaged with the community and will it make or break a game? What do you think, Sonny? I think that it is not. I'm going to go the other way on this thing. I know everybody wants me to say that it is. 
and I'm going to say that it is not. And here's the reason why. And I just bear with me on this one. There is an expression that is very famous in coaching sports, and that is if you listen to the fans, you'll end up sitting next to them. And that is, I believe, still the case when making decisions on something that is uh, something that is big uh, in this kind of creative world. I feel strongly that it is more important to have a leader that has a vision that is able to execute on that vision than it is to listen to the people. Okay, now, having said that, if you can do it and not sacrifice your vision, then what you are functionally doing is sharpening your sword, right? The sword doesn't come from the other people. The sword is your vision, But if you can listen to the community, then you can sharpen that sword into a tremendous blade that will cut through the competition. But they're not building a sword for you, man. You got to bring your own sword to the fight. Uh, And that, I think, is where people get a little bit off, in my opinion. In my opinion, I feel like fans of a game and I am a fan of, of games and I'm a fan of MMOs. I feel like sometimes they get a little bit entitled when it comes to their opinions and how they should be executed upon. I just don't think that that's the best way to develop a game. I think that a strong vision from a strong leader leading a team of developers is the best way to get there. And then everything after that just makes it better and better and better. That, I think, was a very well thought out um, and poignant to to actually, to my opinion, believe it or not, because I also don't think that it is necessary for MMO developers to have this super strong connection. Um, I think it is a nice to have just like you're, you know, kind of like you're saying, I really think it's a nice to have, but I don't think it's a necessity. I love the fact that you brought up all it takes a strong leader. And that is somebody who, and this is, this is me tying your shoes for you and polishing your boots. I truly believe that somebody who would say that it takes somebody with a strong vision, takes a good leader with vision. That is somebody who has not only been led by a good leader, but it's somebody who has been a good leader. So that is, that's kudos for you, Sonny. I, I, I love hearing that. Thank you. Um, I will agree with you. And that was the, the leadership thing is something that I did not think about, but I, I went straight down to brass tacks and I, I asked myself, okay, what experiences have I had with MMOs that would lead me to believe one way or the other? And I definitely don't believe that it is a necessity for developers to be in to be in the pockets or as they would say in some circles be in bed with your people i don't see that they need to do that and the reason being is look at a couple of games that were that were pretty darn successful swotor was one of them we both created content for swotor they absolutely did not cater to their folks like they they had their interactions with them, but it was, we're talking Bioware. This is a major, major AAA developer. And they had a definite wall 
in between the developers and the community. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're not alone. Who is another one? Another juggernaut out there that very quickly established that they're going to do what their development cycle tells them, what their plan is, and whether or not you like it. Blizzard. They don't really care in some respects. And in others, the game is still very successful. And that's World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. I think they're finally, finally, after all these years, they're coming around to, to doing a little bit more listening and being a little bit more reactive to things that the community wants. Um, but both of those games had definite separation in between the development teams and their communities that played their game, and they were still vastly successful, right? Then again, you have a couple other games. Elder Scrolls Online, absolute connection to their community, for sure. Very successful MMO. Took them a little bit, but they got there. Mm -hmm. Very successful MMO. Now, here's another one with a very specific and very unique relationship with their players, and that is a game that I have not played, but I've read a lot about, RuneScape. Oh. RuneScape, yeah. RuneScape will get the votes from their players on things that should or should not be put in the game. If it is not voted high enough, it doesn't go in the game. So that is two, four examples, actually. Two examples why... There, uh, why a community being or why in a developer being very connected to their player base works and then two examples of developers not being that connected to their player base and why it still works so I'm kind of shot right down the middle yeah like, I, <laughs> I would like to see them be close to their folks close to their players um, but it's not a necessity I think that success. that's where I'm at, right? Like it, the question is, is it how the question was, how important is it? And the answer to me is it can't be that important if some people do it and are successful and other people don't do it and are successful. So right. that to me answers the question that like, yeah, it's nice, but it can't be that important because it doesn't make or break a game. Right Now, there are definite examples that you brought up where sometimes that company m goes in a direction and the fans hate it. And then they have a decision to make. They can either push through and say, no, this is our vision. This is what we think we want to make. And you will either come around to it or you won't. Or other times they do do an about face and they're like, OK, look, we made we made a, a bad mistake there <laughs> so we're sorry no, are, you, are you talking about shadowlands and world of Warcraft? Yeah. you're you're smart i'm not you're yeah. attractive i'm not good looking <laughs> you're the best right? i'm, I'm the, the worst, worst. <laughs> stuff like that so like it does happen even sometimes to the best of them where they just make a mistake and then it becomes very important because if you make a big big mistake and your vision is not what people want then you really don't have any choice, right? Then you've gambled on yourself and you lost. And and I think that that's something that happens during the lifetime of a game. That you, with all of these games, they tend to listen to the community more as time goes on in the game. They've already built this 
this game for them and the people are already there and then they have like ownership in there and they they want the game to succeed and they they provide this feedback and they're trying to help them out I don't think that's as common when you're starting out. I think that when you start out with a game, and especially an MMO, that that team that's bringing you this thing is is not trying to bring something that was built by the community. They're trying to bring you the, their vision on what they think an MMO should be. And that's their vision. So in the early parts of these things, you're going to see a lot more this is the game we want to give you and that kind of separation uh, of listening. And then as time goes on, you will see more and more of the uh, catering to the community and be like, you know, what do you guys really want to see here? Like, what should we, what just anything works, the spaghetti on the wall, just throw it out there and we'll see what happens. And, and then they, then they make decisions based a little bit more loosely than when they start out. Now, Zillin says that Intrepid is doing both. And you're not wrong. He's not wrong that they are, in fact, doing that. But I think that if you were to go behind the scenes on some of these things, you would see that there's a very strong vision going on and that they are making the game that they want to make. And if we disagree with some of these things, like the four or the five pillars, for example, then screw off because you're not getting it. (laughs) I don't care how much you want PVE servers. It is not happening, friend. And that is the game we are going to give you because that's the game we want to give you. Yeah, exactly. And and I love that, too, because uh, I'm glad that you mentioned what, what Zillin was saying, because that is right up. That was right up my alley with exactly what I was going to say. And it's uh, when you have a developer that is able to say, look, we're going to try this transparent development thing, but you have to go into this understanding one thing and the one thing is is that even though we're taking your thoughts and your feedback on things that you like and you don't like about the game there are only certain things that we're willing to change the core values the the core pillars the vision as as which kind of become the theme i think of the show um is not going to be changed this is the vision that steven has for his game these are the things that are going to remain in place but here's an entire list of bullet points that we are willing to change based off of your feedback and also i wanted to do a quick shout out to phantom x who who popped in i know phantom x was on uh the golden feather tonight uh phantom x is from theory forge so welcome in man nice to have you in here um and zillin too man thanks for uh for for popping that up is exactly what I was thinking about in regards to this point. And I think too, I, I hope that this trend continues down the line with MMO development, this trend that Intrepid is doing of this transparent development, right? It is such an unprecedented thing that none of us have really ever seen to this extent and uh, hey, thanks, Nice, uh, and is there no one else for the raid? Really appreciate you guys. Welcome in. Um, I just think that transparent development at this point is so unseen. It's so unknown to so many people that if Ashes of Creation, when Ashes of Creation is successful, I just hope that people don't think that this is the standard of care that they're going to get with MMOs going from this point forward because I really do think that it's an unprecedented thing when you have developers who are truly listening 
And the person who's sitting at the helm is truly listening to the things that we're saying, but at the same time sticking to their core values. Um, I just think it's unprecedented. And I, I don't think it's going to be the norm, especially coming from AAA developers. It's just, I just don't see it being a thing, even though I was saying that World of Warcraft is finally starting to listen. I think after Shadowlands, they got a, I think the community got a huge running start and kicked them in the nuts when it came to Shadowlands. And they're like, okay, go back to the drawing board on some of these things. We hate this, this, and that. And they listened. Yeah, I think that there's, I think that there's a difference between transparent development and um, listening to your community. I do. <clears throat> I think that you can do, I think you can have transparent development and not be beholden to the community. And I think that that's where I'm at. You know, the que the question at its core is how important is it for an MMO to listen to its community? And I and I think that it, the answer is just not that much. I think that the transparent development is a breath of fresh air for all of us. And we're watching the game be made. And we feel like we are being uh, included in it, even if that is just a facade. And, you know, and, and maybe even just having a voice at the table is enough to, to have an influence on that kind of stuff. But the transparent development to me is separate from whether or not the developer is actually listening to the community or whether or not the developer simply says, this is my vision, this is the, this is the direction that I want to go. I love the transparent development. I hope that that's something that we see for the rest of our gaming careers. You got any final, uh, final thoughts on this one? I, I do. And the, my final thought is this. I love what we've seen so far from, from Intrepid. I think it's the reason that a lot of people, I think their transparency is bringing a lot of people to the yard. If you can pick up on that song that I, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I was internally singing in my head. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but I think the true test, the true test of this transparent development will be when a system, I, and I hope this doesn't happen. Like, don't get me wrong. I truly hope this doesn't happen. But if a system that they release does not work, like it's just not hitting on all cylinders, I hope that they are willing to go back to the drawing board and listen to folks um, about fixing, you know, a major system that could be having some problems. We don't know what that system might be. This could never happen. But I truly think the true test of what transparent development is, is if after launch, something like that does take place, if they're able to, you know, step back, go back to the drawing board make some changes and fix it. I really think that's Yeah, and it's a little bit of it's a little bit of chicken and egg, right? Like they right. they're noticing that something is not working in the game. Like people are not taking part in this system because it's broken. And then the community is going to tell you it's broken. So are they changing it because they're listening to the community? Or are they changing it because they see that it's not working? Right? And, and right. it's it's kind of, you know, however you feel uh, is the right answer there. If you feel like you're a part of it, then you are. And if you feel like they're fixing it because they recognize that it's broken, then who cares? Either you're, you're getting the same end result on the thing. We're going to go on to the last one here. And this is from our good friend, Tested Weevil. Now, here's the premise. Ashes of Creation has been out for a year and the game has been going great. 
and they are releasing their first expansion. What would you like to see as that expansion? I know that a lot will change between now and release, but going with what they have now, presumably as like a base game, the kind of things that we we think that we can expect at launch would be the base game. So what is that first big expansion feature that you want to see, Cash? Okay, this was the one that I was talking about being off the cuff. Remember I was talking about how I had like limited time to prep for this show and one of these <laughs> questions was off the cuff. This is the one. And I, th- I think I have a good answer to this one. Now, I know that certain things are going to be part of the base game and we, we are not sure what those things are going to be. And there are going to be some things that are going to be expandable. What I would like to see for the first expansion is a deep dive if the Underrealm is already revealed upon launch, which I, I would assume some of it will be, I would like to see the Underrealm be expanded even further. If it is not available at launch, which I think that's a very, very low probability that parts of the Underrealm are not available at launch, then I would be perfectly okay with seeing that first expansion being the dive into the Underrealm. The true history of what happened with the Tolnar, how the Tolnar were formed. I mean, I guess we kind of know how they were formed. It gets cold down there, so yeah, things happened. But It's a three-dog a night tr- down there. It is. It is. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, a little, little tequila. Everybody else left Vera. <laughs> Why don't you guys just come on down here in my cave? Put on some Marvin Gaye. Let's make some Talnar. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some Talnar. Um, but I, re- I would love to see a focus on diving into the lore. The, the second one that I had, I actually had two. Second one, and when I say I had two, I mean I'm thinking of it like right this second. The other one is more of a wall of crazy thing. It's like throwing a dart at a dartboard and hitting something good. I would love to see some type of a ability to travel to Sanctus. Maybe it's a small part of Sanctus. But for story reasons. Come on. You come on. You stole mine. (laughs) No way. You did. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to let you go. All right. Then you go. I think... I think you, uh, I think uh, the first big, big expansion outside of DLC and nice gaming had a, had a, had a tremendous comment in the chat. He said like, I hope they realize that they can put some of these things in here with like minor DLC, you you know, after launch, like it doesn't all have to be in there or nothing. And, and and that's a great point, right? Like they, they should be able to pepper us with some of these things like, Oh, and guess what? You know, naval combat, we, we wanted to get in a launch. It just wasn't quite ready. So here we go. Here's some naval combat, things like that. I want to go back through the portal. I want to go into the portal and I want to take a peek around because, I mean, just one of the most important moments in gaming for me was going back through the portal in World of Warcraft. It was yes. so huge. I remember exactly where I was. I was renting an apartment on West 7th Street in St. Paul. 
I was out of law school. I was working as an attorney and I was living by myself in this crappy little apartment because Kelly was still in Des Moines. She had not yet moved up to St. Paul to join me. And sounds like the dark days, bro. Oh boy. It was, those were rough times. Uh, (laughs) I had this like little laptop and I had my chair and, uh, and the apartment was just sparsely furnished. And I went through the portal and I, for some reason, it's also attached to the Super Bowl. I feel like it must have happened in January or February or something. We're going to have to look that up because for, for in my mind, Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts are also tied to going back through the portal. And I have no earthly idea why. I, are, are you talking about that foosball in now? In the foosball. I feel like the Colts were playing the Bears in the Super Bowl or something right at the, around the same time that, that the expansion hit. I don't know why, but I feel like that's that's something that happened. But either way, that is a very important moment in gaming for me because it was it was such a MacGuffin. And I don't know if you know what a MacGuffin is, but it's like a thing that sort of drives the story that people are like looking for or something like that. And it just it's oh, it's always diegetic there. Yeah, it's diegetic. (laughs) So you have I know what you're talking about. You have this portal that everyone walked through and it just exists and we don't want to talk about the portal, but it's like so important. Right. So I would love to just go back through the portal, like just poke my head through, be like, what, what's over there? You know, what's happening over there? Um, and just kind of see, you know, what life was like on, on the other side. I think that'd be fabulous. Well, I mean, the, the reality is, is that every expeditionary that lands or that comes through the portal on Devera came from Sanctus. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's like a return home. I don't, I don't know. Call it Homeland. Call it the return home. Something should take us back to Sanctus so we can at least experience what Sanctus is. Now, granted, how would that work? Because game mechanics would have to change. There's no magic on Sanctus. So sorry, mages, you're kind of aft. <laughs> but, you know... Something would have to change, but at least to be able to check it out. I mean, maybe you, maybe there's the ability to non-combat wise go back to say, say the uh, capital of Sanctus for questing reasons. Sure. I just think something like that would be absolutely insane. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, I realize that there's no magic over there and that would really screw with a lot of, (laughs) a lot of people's stuff. The fact that you'd have magic-based characters that can no longer perform magic would be a real uh, mind job, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that'd be fascinating. Um, the stuff with the underworld, I will be very surprised if we don't see a lot of the underworld uh, just as a part of the base game. I think that I think that that's too important a promise out of them. To not have that. I could see them not having much of it at the beginning and then expanding that uh, as the months go on. But the the Underrealm is just, it's got to be there. I, I, I really feel strongly about that. I feel like the Underrealm has got to be there. And even even in some some way, way shape, or form. Like, I feel the Underrealm has got to be there a lot more than I feel like naval combat has to be there. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, the Underrealm is part of, I mean, it is part of 
the world. And, you know, just like there was some mention in mention in chat, I absolutely agree <clears throat> that I'm totally fine with some of these systems being incrementally released as DLC. Like, I think it was, is there no one else said it? Absolutely agree with that a thousand percent because the, the game, the mechanics that are already being touted are, it's such an undertaking for them to be able to do that. So if they were to parse it out a little bit, I think gamers would be, I think most would be fine with it. There would definitely be some complaining from some folks, but you know, if it, if, if it took, you know, maybe another five, six months to get such and such system in place and working correctly, and then they released it as DLC, I think as long as it's, <laughs> as long as it's not paid DLC, I think it would be fantastic. I'm totally fine with it. What do you think of, uh, what do you think of this from Wizzy? Wizzy says, I wouldn't mind seeing the power of the gods, the powers of the gods returning to Vera in an expansion to see like some of the old gods come back and, you know, you could legit get harbingers back. That would be a, an interesting sort of expansion. I would be fine with that as long as, as long as the lore doesn't start and questing doesn't start taking us to where we're now we're battling gods and battling the others and uh. battling the ancients. That I don't want. I, I still want to be just, just a ranger. Just a guy going out, getting skins, and every once in a while, mixing it up in a dungeon where we're risking our lives to delve a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. I'm okay uncovering the stories of the ancients and all the things that actually happened. I just don't want to see us battling any of the gods. I felt like Guild Wars 2 had that a bit too much. bit too much for me. You remember in Guild Wars 2 when we would do the... Um, the history lessons taught by the little uh, the little professors. Yeah. What was that race, by the way? What is that race in Guild Wars 2? That was... Um, God, oh why can God. I not remember it? I can't remember it either. What is the race of the little people in Guild Wars 2 with the big ears? It's going to yes, drive me crazy. So just it. look it up and, and let me know. Um, but I think that Guild Wars 2 had uh, had a real problem with that because you had these elder dragons that were functionally gods. They were the thing that... Asura. Asura, thank you. <laughs> so we're trying to give history lessons as Asura, and we're talking about these, these elder dragons. And these are the things that shape the world, okay? They are enormous, and they bring about, like, whole eons worth of change. And we're teaching history, and in the last... 50 years of this game, we've killed like four of them. <laughs> and yes. that just kind of drove me crazy. You know, like, oh, how important these things are and how they shaped the planet. No, oh, by the way, Ed killed one with a dagger the other day. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's kind of the same thing in um in Elder Scrolls Online where you know, you are the Dovahkiin. You are the the hero of, of the hour. And every single city you go in, you end up being, hey, aren't you the guy that blah, blah, blah. And hey, come over here and help me with this or come over here and help me with that. You are the hero. Well, you end up like going up against a lot of the divines. And it's like, OK, I don't 
I don't want to do that. Like you go and you go to all these different planes of magic and you're so powerful that nothing you do in the world, like if you fling an arrow at a tiger, it's just, it's just dead, dead. Um, you know, solo and world bosses and stuff like that. And I just, I don't want to see that part. I love what Wizzy's saying because I want to learn the history and, uh, and dive into the lore of stuff. But it should be something to where if I come face to face with an ancient or one of the others that I, you melt. Yeah. You're done. Like, I'm sorry. Like I looking don't into the ark, right? Looking into the ark right. of the covenant. Like we're, we're, right. we are mortals. We are, we are not designed to do this. We're mortal. Right. There's plenty of things for me to, to get mixed up in on Vera. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to make like a global difference by, you know, shucking it up with a freaking ancient. I just, I don't want to see that. Another thing that it makes me think of is when Gandalf meets the Balrog, right? And the other dudes in the party are like, what is this? <laughs> he goes, yeah, this one's beyond you guys. <laughs> so yeah, fly you, you fools. You should probably run as fast as your little feet can take you because you're not going to be able to uh, talk your way out of this thing or put your shield up and defend yourself. Like I am Gandalf. I am, you know, functionally immortal and was sent here for whatever reason. And I'm going to have a bear of a time with this thing. So don't even bother. And that's, I want to be, I want to make sure that all of us are one of those other people, right? That there are things in the world that are beyond us, no matter how many of us there are, that it's just, it's not an option. Um, And and I like that. I like that aspect of gaming. And this is something that's become a theme uh, for us during this show is I think all three of us feel strongly that that's what we want this game to be. We don't want to be the Dovahkiin. We don't want to have 100 Dovahkiins running around in a party. We want to feel like we are a small cog in a very, very, very big machine. Exactly. And actually, here's a, here's a really interesting thought from Phantom X. I, I also want to see an eventual cataclysm, a leveling of all nodes back to nothing at the launch of an expansion. Oh. Yep. Whoa. That's Mm -hmm. gnarly. Yep. Like gather up what you've earned because it's going to wipe cash such and such a date. Put that money in your mattress. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's something. Oh, man. Holy God. The chaos of the market. That would be absolute insanity, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's I mean, that's going to do it, man. So we did it. We uh, we toughed through a show without JB. It was uh, it was Poor dude. I know it was a little rough, yeah. but I think that I think that we did him proud. So I think we did him proud. I just hope he's not at home peeing out both ends. Mm. We're thinking about you, buddy. Th- well, I don't want to be thinking about him that hard in that capacity. <laughs> we're, I'd rather not think about you like that, JB. I'll just remember you the way you were. <laughs> We do want to thank uh, uh, all of our patrons and thanks for uh, for all you throwing some stuff in for us to um, to discuss tonight. And uh, if we didn't get to yours, then I'm sure we're going to do another one of these here pretty darn soon. But we do want to thank Wataru, Axeman and Tested Weevil. Thank you guys very much. You give us some pretty awesome stuff to discuss. And we also want to thank uh, everybody 
who's in chat with us, who's all like really having a good discussion in there as well. Yes. And uh, we appreciate that. There is a, there thing. has been a fantastic uh, group of chat here that's been going on. Um, and, and, you know, that's one, that's one of the most important things of, of what we're doing here is we're getting a lot of information and content from you guys. You are extremely knowledgeable in this and we love that. So we have opinions. We don't always agree with you. You don't always agree with us, but it's always fun to have those kind of conversations. If you did enjoy the show, please take a moment, leave a review on whatever podcast app you're using. Although I have to be honest with you, I'm not sure if people are using podcast apps to listen to podcasts anymore. I think they're pretty much just watching it on YouTube. I'm not even doing that. Like I go to Spotify crazy, and if I can find right? a good video, video podcast, like I'll listen to that or I'll go to YouTube. It's so funny. Same thing as websites. Yeah. Well, if you do, then you definitely have to leave a couple minutes and uh, leave us a review. And if you do that, then we will, uh, for every five-star review we get on Apple Podcasts, then we will read it over the air. The air, as if that's how we're doing things anymore anyways. (laughs) Old school reference that is. We'll spin your vinyl. Uh, Call us at 515-875-1776 and leave us a voicemail. Those are always a lot of fun. We love those. And you can always email us at loreforgedhq at gmail.com. You can find our website, which is a link tree um, that has links to all of our stuff. And that's at loreforged.com. Or you can be like every person in the world and just go to YouTube to find all of our stuff. Our stuff is at youtube.com slash at loreforged twitch you're watching twitch right now unless you're listening to this in your vehicle on monday morning and that is at twitch.tv slash loreforged hq by the way i've started to play a new game on our stream i saw it yes i know which one it is too so uh we uh on the stream by the way our stream uh we chat about ashes of creation uh but we have to play something you know it's not just going to be my mug staring at you for however long. So we, we play something and we've been playing Kingdom Come Deliverance for a very long time when we finished the main storyline. So we thought we'd try something new. and We put it up for a vote in the community, uh, which Cash will get to. And the answer was Tavern Master. So I am building a tavern and it is surprisingly fun (laughs) super appropriate that you're building a tavern it's like wicked fun um i i just hired a minstrel uh he's rocking out in the corner he looks like a scottish dude playing a lute he's got a gnarly mustache and everything and he's just cranking away somebody said like the best hits of uh 11:45, you know, like the year. <laughs> well, toss, toss a coin for Sunny. Toss a coin, um, and then finally Patreon. We've talked about Patreon at length tonight, so thank you to all of our patrons. Cash. Hey, folks, if you're looking for a community to join, that is a big focus of ours: is building just a pretty kick-ass community. And so far, it seems to be heading in that direction. We have really a really good bunch of folks who are uh, who are in have, have joined us and are joining the family at Loreforge, and we're really just having a, a good time talking about games, talking in in actual chat, you know, just getting to know each other. And come game time, which a lot of us are already playing games together, but come game time when Ashes actually launches and that Alpha Two hits. Um, we're going to be having a lot of fun and it's it's already turned into a really nice tight little family so come and join us our discord is wide open for anybody doesn't matter if you're a content creator if you're 
curious about the game, curious about the things that we're doing in content creation ourselves, you can come and join us. We have some new Discord members this week. We want to welcome Beastly, Keely, and Veserax. Welcome to the family. And folks, if you're looking to just follow us on social media, we pretty much stick to one besides Twitch and YouTube. But we're talking for actual like making posts and such. We're on X. Follow Jibs at Jibs IRL. Follow myself at Cash Quests. Follow Sunny at You of Coruscant. And don't forget to get the news by following the show. We're at Loreforged HQ. Now on YouTube, every week we are releasing at least the show and one other video of our choice on some other topic uh, in regards to Ashes of Creation. This week, is this, Sunny, was this your first one this week yeah, on the Weird Nodes divine. series? Divine, yes. Yes. So Sunny did one this week on Divine Nodes, and that is up and available for you to watch. And uh, he's going to finish off that series with all the rest of the node types. Um, like I was saying today, earlier, I was working on the next episode of The Varen Chef. And I'm not going to totally tell you what I made, but like I said, it's very sweet. It's a pretty cool little recipe, and we throw some lore in there with it. So anyway, if you're interested in doing that, then uh, head on over to our YouTube page. We got lots of fun stuff over there, and drop us a like if you enjoy what we're doing. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Your Varen Chef stuff is is truly one of my favorite things that uh, that our little community has has given the Ashes of Creation space. So I want to thank you for that. Um, thank you for the plug for the for the YouTube series on nodes. I still owe you one. We uh, we got one left that we need to make, um, and I think we may have saved the best for last with the scientific node. That's going to do it for us. Thank you to everybody on the stream. You guys are the absolute best. We really appreciate uh, everybody stopping by and especially for the raids and things like that. But, you know, JB's not here, so uh, we wish him the best. And uh, we really we really are better when all three uh, corners of the triangle are here. So, JB, uh, get better soon and we'll we'll see you back here in a week. But that's it for us. So peace, love and honeybees. And in support of Jibs, War Hate, and Death. <laughs>